Section 7 of 100 Proofs That the Earth Is Not a Globe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. 100 Proofs That the Earth Is Not a Globe by William Carpenter. End Matter, Part 2. Letters to Professor Gilman of the Johns Hopkins University. 71 Chew Street, Baltimore, September 10, 1886. Professor Gilman, Johns Hopkins University. Sir, in the 21st Ultimo, I wrote to ask you if you received the pamphlet, which I left for you at the university twelve months ago, entitled, 100 Proofs That the Earth Is Not a Globe, and, if so, that you would kindly give me your opinion concerning it i write now to ask if you received my letter i am quite sure that you will consider that the importance of the subject fully warrants the endeavour on my part to gain the views which may be entertained by you respecting it the fifth edition will soon be called for and anything you may urge for or against i shall be happy to insert in the appendix i send herewith a copy of the fourth edition of the pamphlet Yours sincerely, William Carpenter. 71 Chew Street, Baltimore, October 7, 1886. Professor Gilman. Dear Sir, I am now preparing the appendix for the fifth edition of my 100 Proofs That the Earth is Not a Globe, and I should be glad to receive your opinion of this work to insert in the said appendix. I can offer you from a few lines to a page, or two if necessary of course if this work as a whole be a fraud it must be fraudulent in all its parts and each one of the hundred proofs must contain a fallacy of some kind or other and the thing would justify your disapprobation expressed in few words or many if on the other hand the work is what it professes to be it will certainly claim your approval yours sincerely w carpenter 71 Chew Street, Baltimore, October 14, 1886. Professor Gilman. Dear Sir, a week ago I wrote you a letter to tell you that I should be glad to receive your opinion of the hundred proofs that the earth is not a globe, of which work 5,000 copies are now in circulation. I wrote this work, 26 pages, in one week, without neglecting my daily business surely you can reply to it in a week from this time i will give you from one to four pages if you wish that amount of space and send you fifty copies if you desire to have them without putting you to the slightest expense i will even take any suggestion you please to make as to the title which shall be given to this extra edition of my work containing your reply or opinions I should be sorry to be under the necessity of printing this letter, with others, in my next edition, in the place of any such reply or expression of opinion, for I feel sure there is no one in Baltimore who is more capable of giving an opinion on this great subject. Trusting to hear from you in a few days, I am, dear sir, yours truly, William Carpenter. 71 Chew Street, Baltimore, October 22, 1886. Professor Gilman, Sir, 
this is the fifth letter and the last to you asking you for an expression of your opinion concerning the one hundred proofs that the earth is not a globe which would you prefer to see my words or yours in print i give you a week in which to decide truly william carpenter the johns hopkins university of baltimore we are indebted to scribner's monthly for the following remarks concerning this institution Quote, by the will of johns hopkins a merchant of baltimore the sum of seven million dollars was devoted to the endowment of a university and a hospital three million five hundred thousand being devoted to each this is the largest single endowment ever made to an institution of learning in this country to the bequest no burdensome conditions were attached the physiological laboratory of the johns hopkins has no peer in this country and the other laboratories few equals and no superiors in the first annual report of the university eighteen seventy six we read quote, early in the month of february eighteen seventy four the trustees of the university having been apprised by the executors of johns hopkins of the endowment provided by his will took proper steps for organization and entering upon the practical duties of the trust and addressed themselves to the selection of a president of the university with this view the trustees sought the counsel and advice of the heads of several of the leading seats of learning in the country and upon unanimous recommendation and endorsement from these sources the choice fell upon mr daniel c gilman who at the time occupied the position of president of the university of california mr gilman is a graduate of yale college and for several years before his call to california was a professor in that institution taking an active part in the organization and development of the sheffield scientific school of yale college at new haven upon receiving an invitation to baltimore he resigned the office which he had held in california since eighteen seventy two and entered upon the service of the johns hopkins university may one eighteen seventy five End quote. Galloway Cheston. Quote, in the hunt for truth, we are not first hunters and then men, we are first and always men, then hunters. D.C. Gilman, October 1883. The 100 proofs that the earth is not a globe have been running around within the observation of the master huntsman and his men for a year or more now let the hunters prove themselves to be men and the men hunters it is impossible to be successful hunters for truth if error be allowed to go scot-free nay it is utterly impossible for the johns hopkins university to answer the purpose of its founder if its hunters for truth do not first hunt error with their hounds and hold it up to ridicule and then and always keep a watchful eye for the truth lest they should injure it by their hot haste or wound it with their weapons professor daniel c gilman we charge you that the duties of your office render it imperative that sooner or later you lead your men into the field against the hundred proofs to show the world that they are hunters worthy of the name if in your superior judgment you decide that there is error to be slain 
or show that your hunters are worthy of the better name of men by inducing them to follow and sustain you out of the beaten track in your endeavours to uphold god's truth if in your superior judgment you tell them there is a truth to be upheld end of the appendix to the fifth edition november nine eighteen eighty six professor proctor's proofs a proof a proof cries student brown says proctor very well if that is all you want indeed i've plenty i can tell but really i have scarcely time or patience now to do it you ought to know the earth's a globe then as a globe you'd view it i knew it long ago in truth twas taught me in my cot and then too old was i to doubt too young to say twas not and you have never questioned it why should i now friend brown i took it all for granted just as daddy laid it down and as my duty clearly was no other way i saw it and that's the reason why of course a globe i always draw it and so you want a proof aha just cross the broad atlantic and then a proof so strong you'll have with joy twill send you frantic you mean that i shall see the ships come round the old earth's side and up and o'er the watery hill as into view they glide no proctor no you say yourself the earth so vast in size is the surface seems a level one indeed to sight it rises and ships when coming into view seem bearing down upon us no proctor let us have a proof no no come mercy on us well brown i've proofs that serve to show that earth indeed a ball tis but if you won't believe them well not mine but yours the fault is why everybody surely knows a planet must be round and since the earth a planet is its shape at once is found we know it travels round the sun a thousand miles a minute and therefore it must be a globe a flat earth couldn't spin it we know it on its axis turns with motion unperceived and therefore surely plain it is its shape must be believed we know its weight put down in tons exactly as we weighed it and therefore what could clearer be if we ourselves had made it we know its age can figures lie its size its weight its motion and then to say tis all my eye shows madness at the notion besides the other worlds and suns some cooling down some hot how can you say you want a proof with all these in the pot no brown just let us go ahead don't interfere at all some other day i'll come and bring proof that earth's a ball no proctor no said mr brown tis now too late to try it a hundred proofs are now put down and you cannot deny it that earth is not a globe at all and does not move through space and your philosophy i call a shame and a disgrace we have to interfere and do the best that we are able to crush your theories and to lay the facts upon the table god's truth is what the people need and men will strive to preach it and all your efforts are in vain though you should dare impeach it you've given half your theory up the people have to know it you smile but then your book's enough for that will plainly show it 
one half your theory's gone and soon the other half goes too so better turn about at once and show what you can do own up as people have to do when they have been deceived and help the searcher after truth of doubt to be relieved the only amaranthine flower is virtue don't forget it the only lasting treasure truth and never strive to let it odds and ends we do not possess a single evident proof in favor of the rotation of the earth around its axis dr shepfer to prove the impossibility of the revolution of the earth around the sun will present no difficulty we can bring self-evident proof to the contrary dr shepfer to reform and not to chastise i am afraid is impossible to attack views in the abstract without touching persons may be safe fighting indeed but it is fighting with shadows pope both revelation and science agree as to the shape of the earth the psalmist calls it the round world even when it was universally supposed to be a flat extended plain rev dr brewer what a mistake if the earth were a perfect sphere of equal density throughout the waters of the ocean would be absolutely level that is to say would have a spherical surface everywhere equidistant from the earth's centre english family herald february fourteenth eighteen eighty five the more i consider them the more i doubt of all systems of astronomy i doubt whether we can with certainty know either the distance or magnitude of any star in the firmament else why do astronomers so immensely differ even with regard to the distance of the sun from the earth some affirming it to be only three and others ninety millions of miles rev john wesley in his journal i don't know that i ever hinted heretofore that the aeronaut may well be the most sceptical man about the rotundity of the earth philosophy imposes the truth upon us but the view of the earth from the elevation of a balloon is that of an immense terrestrial basin the deeper part of which is that directly under one's feet as we ascend the earth beneath us seems to recede actually to sink away while the horizon gradually and gracefully lifts a diversified slope stretching away farther and farther into a line that at the highest elevation seems to close with the sky thus upon a clear day the aeronaut feels as if suspended at about an equal distance between the vast blue oceanic concave above and the equally expanded terrestrial basin below mr elliot baltimore in the scientific american for april twenty seventh eighteen seventy eight is a full report of a lecture delivered at berlin by dr shepfer headed our earth motionless which concludes thus the poet gotha whose prophetic views remained during his life wholly unnoticed said the following quote, in whatever way or manner may have occurred this business i must still say that i curse this modern theory of cosmogony and hope that perchance there may appear in due time some young scientist of genius who will pick up courage enough to upset this universally disseminated delirium of lunatics the most terrible thing in all this 
is that one is obliged to repeatedly hear the assurance that all the physicists adhere to the same opinion on this question but one who is acquainted with men knows how it is done good intellectual and courageous heads adorn their mind with such an idea for the sake of its probability they gather followers and pupils and thus form a literary power their idea is finally worked out exaggerated and with a passionate impulse is forced upon society hundreds and hundreds of noble-minded reasonable people who work in other spheres desiring to see their circle esteemed and dear to the interests of daily life can do nothing better or more reasonable than to leave to other investigators their free scope of action and add their voice in the benefit of that business which does not concern them at all this is termed the universal corroboration of the truthfulness of an idea End End of section seven and of one hundred proofs that the earth is not a globe by william carpenter